Good job, Lady Canes. And, and joining us now, uh, the very voice of the Miami Hurricanes. He was there all weekend in South Carolina calling the thrilling victory against USC and then a surprising blowout of Auburn. It is one, the only Joe Zagaki, the voice of Miami Hurricanes. How's it, go? How's it going, Joe? Thanks for coming on with us. I'm doing well, fellas. Robbie, how are you? Uh, doing all right, Joe. And uh, just, you know, like, you know, we, 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 I was listening to you in the pregame, Joe, and, you know, you were talking about how Auburn looked, looked like a football team out there. <laughs> and, and, and then all of, a, all of a sudden the Canes just, you know, they punched them right in the mouth and they, and I was waiting for that Auburn run in the second half and it never came. Yeah, so was I. And uh, Auburn definitely won the way in. There's no question about that. But they did not win the fight. Miami took the fight to them right away. And as the game went on, you could see Auburn was just, uh, you know, the best way to describe it is they were talking to themselves. And uh, there was a play late in the game. Uh, Char- Charlie Moore hit a, hit a three in transition. And Coach L looked over at uh, Bruce Pearl. And you could see the frustration on Bruce Pearl's face that he knew. he they, they just couldn't stop him. And I think Bruce Pearl felt like, man, Miami knows everything we're going to do. And, and they did. Yeah, 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 and uh, and you know the the they they got off to a big lead, and it looked like Auburn was just stunned. Like their body language was horrible. They were just like depressed in the second half, and especially they kept cutting, take, uh, cutting. Uh, I mean, you you were you were uh, you were there but, uh, on the TV broadcast. They kept cutting to uh, not not Mitch Kessler, uh, Walker Kessler. Oh, um, yeah, sitting on the bench. What's sitting yeah, on the bench? Sitting on the press, very mopey and depressed. Mar- he got into foul trouble on the bench. <laughs> And, and so, and, and Jabari Smith, of course, uh, the potential first overall pick, didn't uh, did not have a very good game, and he was very str- frustrated. He got dunked on Isaiah Wong, and and, and Larinaga said before the tournament started, like, go out there and have fun. And it felt like Auburn was like pressing and uh, depressed, and and the Canes were out there playing loose, having a good time. You know, they were a uh, in your wheelhouse. They were what were they? Uh, almost a nine point underdog. Yes. Uh, it, it, no, it, it was seven. It was seven and a half, yeah. and then it came down to seven. Yeah. And I read this this number that in the last 35 games against the spread, Miami's 25, 8, and 2. Wow. Well, yeah, that, yeah. No, they, they, they do cover a lot. That's a good number. So, so I thought the, the pressure they put on Auburn all game, I thought was was amazing. I, I texted Robbie during the game. They got to keep that up. Uh, just turning, turning them over, getting rebounds. I mean, it's, it was a different Miami team than you'd seen all year, it almost seemed like. I think they're getting better with each each game. I think some of that is experience. Uh, they do emphasize defense, and often you are what you em- emphasize. But that being said, they're 144th nationally defensively, so they've not been a great defensive team, and some of that is because of their size uh, and because they have to gamble on defense uh, in order to offset uh, the lack of size or, or bulk or rebounding. They've got to scramble on defense – well, when you scramble, it's the equivalent of blitzing in football, right? When you yeah. try and do the same thing, turn them over. And so you are going to lose some of those those battles or some of those uh, small battles uh, when you gamble. Uh, but they've been really good at it uh, the last couple of games. And I thought what was going to be interesting for the University of Miami with Coach L, uh, the first game was USC. And USC had turned the ball over 23 mm-hmm. times in their quarter quarterfinal game against Washington. They almost lost. They couldn't get the ball in bounds. Washington had a shot right in front of the rim in the quarterfinal game. So I asked Coach L, uh, I think it was the morning of the game, uh, Coach, w- w- when are you going to go with pressure on USC? 
Are you going to wait and see what happens with them? Uh, and then if you need it, go after them? Or are you going to pressure them first? <laughs> he laughed at me. He said, no, we're going to go right after them. And then we'll adjust. We'll see what happens. He said, I want to, I want to trap them and see what they do. And then I'll, I think what he doesn't get credit for is he's great at keeping things in his back pocket and he'll throw some bait in the water. Let, let's see what the other team does. How do they respond? If they don't, well, then we'll just keep feeding them. And that's what happened with USC. They trapped them. They couldn't solve it. Stayed with it. Auburn, the same thing, went right after him early. What they do is they trap the guy with the ball, go after him hard. And then the other three, the other three aren't really playing a man. They're playing the, they're playing the, the ball coming out of the trap. And so I think uh, their defense worked beautifully last week. And I, and I don't, I don't want to jinx this, but they only turned the ball over seven times yeah. in 80 minutes of basketball. Who the hell does that? I mean, that was yeah. just, you know, that, that's incredible. Yeah, and, and and Joe and like we heard even in the USC game, their size and they they had four starters, six nine yes. or bigger, and then and obviously Auburn had the big size too, and then and then the, the I mean the Canes, I I don't, I don't feel like they got out rebounded that badly given the circumstances, and of course that there was a lot fewer shot attempts from the other teams because they were turning the ball over. Well, there there are what three ways you can get the ball, right? You mm-hmm. can uh, the first one's not a good one. That's take the ball out of the basket, yeah. And, the other two are steal the ball and rebound. So Miami's got to steal the ball and rebound. And they were competitive against USC. I thought I thought the numbers, I don't, I, I don't remember what the numbers were. Uh, they got clubbed statistically pretty good. But I thought they were very competitive. I thought they were flying through the air. Guys were uh, rebounding with two hands, covering up. I, I thought they really fought hard for every rebound. And they made it really hard on USC. And then... Uh, Wardenberg, he had six blocks in two games. Uh, I don't think people realize that he's a pretty good rim protector. And uh, he did a nice job for them uh, against, uh, well, in both games. As, as I mentioned, six blocks in two games. But to offset the size, there's one thing that uh, athletes don't like, probably in any sport, and that's pressure, right? Mm-hmm. You put something, put somebody right in on them uh, and jostle them around, they don't like that, and that's what Miami does. Not only that, not only do they send one, but most of the time they send two. Yeah, no, we, got, was... we got Iowa State coming up on Friday. That's a team that won two two games last year. I mean, it's, it's an yeah. impressive run for them, but you got got to play them the same way as Auburn. Like, what what, what are you hearing here? Uh, they are um, a defensive oriented team. Uh, so the the way they want to play is they want to make the game first one to sixty wins. Uh, they want to take. They want to push you to the sideline. So this is going to be a battle of of identity and will. Miami likes to play in the middle of the floor, and Iowa State wants to push you to the sideline. They also need turnovers in order to survive. And since March the first, Iowa State has turned their opponent over on twenty five percent of their possessions. So Miami will have to take extra care of the ball. Wisconsin coughed the ball up 17 times against Iowa State. That's why they lost. That's why Wisconsin's at home. I don't think that um, Iowa State's a prolific scoring team. They depend on – I think this will be an interesting matchup. Uh, their point guard is Tyrese Hunter. He's 18 years old. He's a freshman. He's going to go against Charlie Moore's 24, Cam Augusti's 23. 
Isaiah Wong is 21 or 22. Now, Hunter was recruited by the University of Miami. He is the uh, rookie of the year inside the Big 12. But I think the matchup there favors Miami. And all right, well, now now is a little different twist, uh, Joe. Like the, the first two games, the Canes were under, well, they were slight underdogs against USC, but then they were pretty sizable underdogs against Auburn. Nobody thought they would beat Auburn. Now the Canes come in, they're the favorite. They maybe they get caught feeling themselves, maybe a little rat poison. Uh, everyone's, oh, Iowa State, they're 11 seed. The Canes should have a pass, they lead eight. And like, I'm more worried about this game than the other two games, Josie. How did the Canes handle the change? I guess the change, there's a little bit of pressure now on the Canes. Uh, yes. And Miami, remember this, Miami's never made it out of the Sweet 16. And uh, for whatever reason, I, I think I've done all their Sweet 16 games. And uh, each one of them, you know, sometimes winning is – well, winning is always hard. I don't think people believe this, but winning is always hard. And sometimes uh, when you don't win, there are things almost out of your control that I think contribute – to you losing for example popping into my head you know the miami ohio state national championship game in football. oh god willis mcgahee gets hurt in that game everybody thinks about the 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 bad call but mcgahee gets hurt in, in that game you really you don't plan for that in in miami's case in the sweet 16 uh a couple years ago well 2013 they had a great team shane larkin and all those guys won the champion the acc championship uh, went to the Sweet 16, but Miami played their round of 32 game in Texas, in Austin, the last game on Sunday night. When the game was over, the NCAA didn't fly him back. We stayed in Austin. We came back on Monday. But then, because, because of the television, we had the first game on Thursday. So Miami flew out on Tuesday to Washington, D.C., opposite ends of the country. And in between that, and the one practice that they had at home, Duran Scott got his teeth knocked out on an elbow. So we only had really one practice at home and one practice in D.C. on Wednesday. And then what I remember the most was uh, in, in Washington, D.C., you don't get a police escort. And we couldn't get from the hotel to the arena. We were stuck in traffic and uh, this bus, bus just lurching along. And Marquette won the game. Now, I'm not saying that Marquette won the game because of all those other factors. But I will tell you this, it was not very smooth. And Miami couldn't shoot, and they had a hard time defending. It was Buzz uh, Peterson was the head coach. Uh, Marquette won the game. Uh, the next Sweet 16, Miami played Villanova, and they played about as well as they could. I think Miami made 13 threes. Pretty good, right? Except Villanova made like 20. And they went on to win the national championship. They couldn't miss. I think when Miami lost by 20 and played one of the best games that they played all year. Uh, uh, and then remember one year, uh, Miami had James Jones, John Salmons, that group. They lost to Tulsa. Uh, that was Bill Self was the coach at Tulsa. It might have been his last game as the coach at Tulsa. And Miami had all kinds of travel issues that year. That was with Leonard Hamilton. Couldn't get out of Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, came home. And then went to Austin, Texas, and lost there. So this time, it looks like the travel plans are smooth, but they have to make sure they take care of the ball in this game. Um, and got to hit some threes. They made like three threes. Yeah. Uh, all, you know, in two games last weekend. They're like four for thirty. They were like four for thirty-four. I'm pretty sure yeah. they made one against USC and somehow won. Right. You know, Wong is Wong has missed his last. Uh, let's see, Miller has missed his last eleven 
three-pointers. <laughs> Wardenbury is two for his last 14, and Wong has missed like his last six. That, that's got to change. Uh, uh, Josie, a couple more before we let you go. Thank you for coming on with us. And so uh, we, we, had, we, had, we had Danny on last week. Uh, and uh, you know, do his pre pre post game and the halftime show. And he gives the score updates for the for the for the, for the game. And uh, we asked him like, because Joe Z, back in November, you were I'm sure you were in Orlando calling that Dayton yeah. and Alabama game and at home loss to UCF. And you were thinking like that's early, three early season November losses, two of them sizable blowouts. And we're like, oh, bro. After the after the last three years that Canes have had, it's like, oh no, is this gonna be more of the same? Like nobody was thinking Sweet Sixteen way back then. What changed between now and then? Uh, it just took time for Charlie Miller and Jordan, I mean, Charlie Moore and Jordan Miller to really come out of their shell. I think one of the things that's under people don't realize on this transfer portal deal is that, well, Charlie's a little bit older, but nonetheless, there's still young guys, young people, whatever, young guys that are coming into a new situation. So it's kind of like a free agent going to a new team. So I think at the college level, well, it is a free agent going to a new team. Uh, so at the college level, I think there's a whole social aspect of fitting in with your teammates and fitting in on your campus. It's close to a free agent in professional sports where they go from one team to another and, uh, you know, they got to fit into the, to the locker room. Uh, and then, of course, you got the money aspect at the pro, pro level. At the college level, you don't have as much of the money level, maybe a little bit with the NIL, but you just – Guys have to fit in, not only uh, socially, but emotionally as well. And I think it it took a little while for Charlie and Jordan Miller to be integrated into the team and also for Coach L to kind of figure out their skills. Uh, and in Charlie's case, remember, you're turning the team over to him. He's the point guard, point guard quarterback. Chris Paul. Right? And now he is Chris Paul uh, for Miami. But there's a whole trust factor, right? They got to trust him. They got to understand his game. And I do remember – uh, after the Alabama game, the next game was Penn State. And I was on the elevator with Sam Wardenberg, and I said, Sam, it's really not my place, but I said, uh, Sam, shoot the damn ball. I was like a fan. <laughs> I said, we can't have a two-man team. Now, I'm not, you know, Coach Yell, he probably hit me with a bow paddle, but, you know, you're supposed to know your place. But I said, Sam, shoot the ball. And then uh, Jordan Miller, he started to shoot the ball. And once it went through, all of a sudden, now we got a different team. And uh, the emergence of Jordan Miller, who's one of the nicest kids I've ever mm-hmm. met. I mean, he's just the perfect complement for this team. He's just so thoughtful and smart. Uh, they could not have a better guy. And he can do so many things. You know, it helps have smart guys. When Coach L, he can just go to Jordan Miller and rattle off a bunch of, you know, Swahili. And Miller will understand it. And they, they can play. So uh, it just took a while. And, and also going back to the Al- Alabama game, um, that was the third game in four days. And mm-hmm. Miami lost to um, um, Dayton. Dayton. And then they beat North Texas. Mm-hmm. But uh, they led Alabama by nine in the first half. And then Alabama hit some threes. Mm-hmm. And the game was tied at half. In the second half, the first five minutes, Alabama was on fire. And uh, Coach L had to make a pretty strategic decision. And that being, one, I got to play these freshmen. I got to see what what we have here. Two, that Penn State coming up on the road on Wednesday night. This was Sunday night. Penn State was Wednesday. And then Clemson was Saturday, the same week. 
So we had to make this, this decision. Am I going to win this game or win those other two? And I'm not saying that he didn't try to win the game, but once it started to come unhinged, mm-hmm. he put in all the freshmen and they went to his own defense. And Alabama, they do one of two things, shoot threes or drive the ball. And they hit every three imaginable, which ultimately turned out to be the downfall of Alabama because they didn't hit the three ball this year. Uh, but Miami did go on and beat Penn State and beat Clemson. And that triggered them. That gave that that set them off to a great December. Yeah, and then we always see a parallel. Then the, the springboard was winning in Cameron uh, early January, and that's, uh, that seems like we'll turn the season around. And uh, Joe Z, um, how does it feel to be finally back calling game road games on site? I would. I know we talked to Danny, but I was, I was worried last year that <laughs> that, that it would be that for some, for a lot of people that it would be permanent. That they, people calling games from living rooms would be the norm. That, oh, we could just we could be, be in the living room call games. And like, how does that mean? And I, I know it's a big difference at Josie. How does it feel to be back on site for these road games again? In, invigorating. And how much time do we have left? So one, just last week, you go into that arena and it's packed. 18,000 people. It was like a bowl game. Every All these fans, USC fans, the, the, the USC fight song is playing, the Miami fight song. You play Auburn. It was like a football game. The Auburn fans were really loud until they left with three minutes to go, right? They got <laughs> frustrated. But uh, the Duke-Michigan State game was before our game. I was right there courtside. I mean, I could have shook hands with Mike Krzyzewski. And mm-hmm. to hear the roar of the Duke fans and, you know, you're looking at the bands and everything you see on TV three times better in person for the NCAA tournament. And then walking around, walking around downtown in Greenville, it was like being at, at a university of Miami bowl game. It was, you know, fans were everywhere of every, of every team. So that was great. But to go back to last year, we called football games. This was so ridiculous. We called road football games out of Mark Light stadium the baseball stadium. Now I'm grateful that they built a studio for us and everything. Uh, uh, but on one day, one game, and it was the Virginia tech game. It was an afternoon game. It was also um, fall baseball. And we accidentally left the window open. Oh. And, and someone heard the, the people start to hear the ping of the baseball bat. <laughs> so they're wondering why they're hearing a baseball bat during a football game. <laughs> <laughs> that was one. Then we called we called baseball games from the Hex Center. So I was never inside the baseball stadium, only for football games. Follow me on that? And then for <laughs> basketball, uh, we were in a suite for home and, and road. For road games, I watched it just like I'm looking at YouTube. And for 30 games in a row, I drove my car to the Wasco Center. I got out of my car. I walked through a door into an elevator. I went up the elevator into a booth. I never saw anybody other than Hollywood and the engineer. And then when the game was over, down the elevator and back into my car. It was crazy. I never saw I didn't see Coach L for a year. And I've got uh, as good a relationship with him as, as anybody that I've ever been around. Last week, he talked about um the uh Charles Barkley, right? You know, <laughs> you know, don't take the shirt off. So let me tell you how that happened though. 
um, I go with Coach L before every game into the locker room. And uh, players, there's a player's locker room and there's a coaching a locker room office. So I go in with Coach L before every game. And uh, 90 minutes before tip-off and we talk about stuff, games, current events, movies, whatever. So last week, we're in, the, uh, in his little office and we look up and CBS is throwing it to Bruce Pearl. They're going to do a, a, a all access. And he says, Joe, turn the TV up. Let's listen to it. So I grabbed, I grabbed the remote control. Like, have you ever grabbed a remote control blind? Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh -huh. and, yeah. All the time. Look, right. So you look at them, maybe like if you go to a hotel room or something, they're not all the same. Right. So I look at it and I go, oh, Jesus, where's the volume? Because I don't want to hit the wrong button. If I hit the wrong button, I'm going to knock the game off and we might not be able to get it back. <laughs> right? If you ever knock your own, you can knock the TV off, right? Yep. So it's inside an arena. I don't know if it's cable TV or what. So I'm looking to make sure I get the volume up. <laughs> I get the volume up just in time for Bruce Pearl to say to his team, they can't beat us if they don't turn us over. And oh. Coach L said, well, I guess we'll just have to be, I guess we're going to beat them because we're going to turn them over. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> And then Charles Barkley, on, Charles Barkley comes on and says, um, I'll take my shirt off. And Coach L looks at me and says, yeah, we can't have that. I'm going to go talk to the team. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wow. Good thing at that volume. Well, they, you, if, you, if you don't turn up so the so volume. Josie, you get credit for that win because you <laughs> were able to figure out the remote. It's all you, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know it's a simple thing. But I swear to you, go to pick up a forward remote, and the first thing you do is go, oh, you know, is it rewind, forward, uh, whatever? It's got a bunch of buttons on. You got to hit the right one. Yeah, yeah, and all these new, all these new, these newer foo foo remotes. You press it; it's all touchscreen now. Yeah. Like you know, it's a, like you know, you it know, was it's... a lot of pressure. A lot yeah. of pressure. <laughs> uh, wow, and uh, Josie, uh, uh, thanks again for coming on. By the way, if, if Duke lost, at Duke lost, that means Coach K's last moment of coaching would have been yeah. shaking your hand. That would have been awesome. Right. Yeah, right in front of me. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Josie, it's I, I told my wife last week, you know, you, you cross over the teams when you're in the arena on the practice day. You know, you're going out, they're coming in, whatever. Mm. Like Auburn's coming off, then you go in, then you go out. And so we crossed over with Duke. So, uh, I didn't meet Coach K with through through Coach L, but then Coach L and I are on the way out. He gets stopped, and um, uh, Tom Izzo is walking in, and he shakes my hand. I think he thought I was a coach. Josie, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Josie, uh, uh, before we let you go, it's a late tip on Friday. I mean, I guess for Central uh, local time is not that bad, but for us, it's a 10 p.m. local yeah. time. Uh, what time's pregame? And you know, get the uh, get the coffee going. Uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a late night on Friday. Yeah, I don't like that. That's the one thing. Remember, I said winning. You know, we've never played a ten o'clock game, um, so we'll be on the air at nine and tip off somewhere between nine forty-five and ten o five. Hopefully, the first game ends on time. And I don't know what Sunday's tip off is supposed to be, but Miami's never been to the Elite Eight, and we're right there now. I mean, right on the edge of uh, punching through. And I really hope these guys uh, play great against Iowa State and get there. I think it'd be fabulous, uh, not only for University of Miami, but for South Florida to have its college team finally break through and play in a game 
uh, and especially for Coach Elwood. Can you imagine playing an Elite Eight game uh, on Sunday afternoon? I just think it'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, it, it, it would definitely be, be the first ever Elite Eight uh, gets either gets either Kansas or Providence. That's looking ahead. Uh, we got to take care. Uh, we got uh, to take care of Iowa State first at late, late nine o'clock pregame on on QAM, and hopefully the game will start reasonable at a reasonable hour. Hopefully Kansas and Providence doesn't go to four overtimes. And uh, Joe uh, Josie, thanks again. You were also thanks uh, thanks for coming on with us, giving some of your time. All right, fellas, stories. thank you. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. Uh, uh, that is the legendary Joe Zagaki, the voice of the Miami Hurricanes. I can't believe it. I, I still can't believe it that him, him turning the volume on on the remote 